staff and all of our visitors. Uh, we're so happy to have you here. We see some of Mother Denton's family with us today. We thank God for them and for all of our visiting friends who are with us in the name of the Lord. Take your Bibles. I want you to turn to the book of Acts and the book of Ephesians, the book of Acts. Book of Acts, chapter 3, book of Ephesians, chapter 3. I'm going to say some things today that might rock some people's boat. But if it gets a little stormy, just come on to the land with me. <laughs> And you'll find yourself on safer shores. Hallelujah. Third chapter of the book of Acts. This is a fairly common passage for many of you who are members here, people who read your Bibles, people who understand the importance of this great book in the New Testament. The only book of history, the only book of history in the New Testament. There's a lot of folks that have put pen to paper or finger to keyboard to try to write something about church history. But this is the foundation, and we know this is true. For it's from the word of the Lord. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. We would say 3 p.m., and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. I don't have any money. <laughs> but such as I have, give I, unto the, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And walk. And he, the antecedent is Peter, and Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with amazement, with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Paul's writing the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, 
In verses 20 and 21, you will find these words. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. Amen. I'd like to draw a thought from this third chapter of the book of the Acts of the Apostles. For here we see a man who was lame from birth, brought to the temple every day so that he might ask for alms. I like to use for a thought today, he asked for alms, but he got legs. He asked for alms, but he got legs. I was blessed to grow up with my father always being as a child part of my life. And he was a good provider for our family. And from time to time as a child, I would ask him for money for something like, I don't know, candy or whatever little boys want. And he would reach in his pocket. He'd have some change there and he'd rustle it around and I'd ask for a nickel. And sometime when he bought out his change, he had a quarter. And he would give me the quarter. He wouldn't ask me for 20 cent back. <laughs> He wasn't that cheap. He gave me the quarter. I got more than I asked for. I was happy. I didn't know what I was going to do with the other 20 cents, but I could quickly make plans. Because, see, in those days, you could get a bunch of candy for a penny. Now somebody said, you got to take out a loan. And the scripture here in our text in the book of Acts is similar, isn't it? But it is more profound because of the spiritual teaching regarding the great name. The only name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. That name that has been highly exalted above every name. I'm talking to the saints primarily now. Have you ever received from the Lord more than what you asked for? I know I have. Sometimes I'm just thinking about something. I don't even beg for it. I don't go on a three-day, three-night fast. It's almost like it would be nice if, and I don't beg and bother and worry a God about it. And after a while and by and by, here it comes. I have really, in some cases, forgotten I ever desired it. And here it comes and more. Hallelujah. 
Paul said to us that he gives us richly all things to enjoy. He exceeds our expectations. Like this fellow here in the book of Acts, he asked for alms. He got legs. Alms, by the way, was just food or money that the poor asked for so they could be relieved in their situation. And there's a few things I want to get to this afternoon by the grace of God, if the Lord will help me. One thing I want you to understand is that as the children of God, you can expect great things from the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to spend some time this afternoon prayerfully under the unction of the Holy Ghost talking about the fact that we need to be Jesus-centric. And I'll explain more in a while what I mean about that. But the power of God is in the name of God. Glory to Jesus. And I have been preaching this for a while and I will continue as long as the Lord gives it to me. I want you to understand as apostolic Pentecostal saints, we need to use the name, the name of God. Paul said, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. The Lord can go beyond your wildest dreams, your wildest imagination, your most extravagant request. He can do more than that. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all. And we've got a good mind for it's come from the Lord. We're made in his image and in his likeness. Above all that we can ask or think. Hallelujah. This man in Acts chapter 3, lame from his mother's womb, was brought every day to that temple. And his only expectation was that perhaps someone would be nice enough, kind enough, charitable enough to put something in his cup if that's what he had or give him some morsel of food that would help him because he could not work. No doubt, because he could not walk, his muscles were shriveled up. Praise the Lord. He might have been somewhat stiff. Couldn't get around on his own power. But he had no expectation greater than that. Healing? Healing? What's healing? You know, the devil has done a good job raping the church today. We've let these educated devils. I don't have a problem with education. I'm educated, but I ain't a devil. Especially seminary educated devils, divinity school educated devils, philosophers, scholars. We've let these devils cheat us out of what we ought to have. Thank you, Jesus. 
shake the house, Lord. This man had no greater expectation, just a little money, perhaps just a little food. And so he asked for alms, <laughs> but he got legs. Thank you, Jesus. And we can have greater expectations of the Lord. Amen. All we have to do is ask. Now, there are some prerequisites there. You know, you must believe. You must walk in the will of God. The assumption is that you are walking with the Lord and you're striving to be obedient to him. I do not want to paint the Lord like many a preacher does today as some kind of Santa Claus. Oh, no. He said, if you abide in me <laughs> and my word abides in you, what can you do? Come on, preachers, help me. You can ask what you will and it shall. Didn't he say so? I know he said so because I read it in his word and it shall be done unto you. Somebody ought to be asking right now. I'm not telling you to tune me out, but I'd start asking right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord our God. Uh, check your motives. Because James said, sometimes you don't have because you don't ask. He said, and when you ask, you don't get it because you, you ask amiss because you're trying to consume it upon your own lust. But I challenge you to ask for what you really desire for the glory of God. How about that? Not for the glory of self. Not for self-promotion. Not so that you can be bigger and better and more wealthy. But for the glory of God. Because that's why we were made. That's why we exist. For the glory of God. For nothing else. Thank you. Just for his glory. Hallelujah. We ought to give him the glory. Do his name. We ought to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. When you ask, ask in faith. And what I mean by that, I'm not just playing just a head game, intellectual type game. But remember, the faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith must come from the heart. And James said, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Regardless of what Martin Luther thought and how he messed things up and would dare pit the Apostle Paul against the Apostle James, the bottom line is this. If you have faith, it will be evident because of your works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you've got to do what you've got to do in the contract. And I guarantee you that the Lord will always fulfill his promise, his offer. Oh, yes, he will. Somebody said he may not come when you want him, but he's going to be right on time. You're going to receive what you need. 
for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. How did that play out in the third chapter? Well, Peter said, I don't have money, silver or gold, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Here's the faith. Not just that he spoke it, which was a good thing, because sometimes we're so intimidated today, we will not even speak it. Oh, thank you. We won't even speak it. We're so afraid the Lord won't do it. When he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. But Peter said, I'm not just afraid to say it. The Bible said he grabbed the man by the right hand. Is that right? And he didn't just shake hands and say, God bless you, brother. He lifted him up. Praise the Lord. Peter said, wait a minute. You know, something's supposed to be happening here because I said in the name of Jesus Christ. I've seen Jesus do this. And before he left, he invested in me power. Huh? To do things in his stead. He is gone now, but I am here. And if I am here, then the works of God can be made manifest because he lives in me. How many have the Holy Ghost? Then tell your neighbor, Jesus lives in me. After the Holy Ghost. <laughs> has come upon you, you shall have power. Now, if you don't use it, it's not God's fault. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Peter fully expected that he could do what Jesus did. Praise the Lord. And he knew that it was possible because he had been given what we would call power of attorney. Le legally, he could do it. Huh? Because he was invested by Jesus with his spirit, the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. You too can do great things for the glory of God. Amen. If you learn how to use the name of God. Saints, I want to break this thing. This affinity with the evangelicals. This affinity with those who have not yet received the revelation of who Jesus is. Hallelujah. This lack of appreciation for the great revelation that we have received about our God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God Almighty in flesh. And he has been given a name that is exalted above every name. 
Everything is under his name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And saints, as apostolic saints, we have a rich heritage. We, we, we come from a background of folks who at first didn't understand this any more than we did before we came into this way. But over time, the Lord began to reveal truth about himself that was always in the word that had been hidden since the time of the apostles. People said, saw it, but they didn't understand it. Philosophers got involved and twisted things. And so what we have in most of Christendom today is a powerless church. But we are part of the original church. Written about in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And while the rest of Christendom, amen, always refers to God using his titles, God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit, and while they pray, oh God, come to us today. God, you are great. Oh God, help us. God, you are awesome. I'm saying, what God are you praying to? Because there are many small G-O-D-S's, the Bible says, and many small L-O-R-D's. But to us, according to the scriptures, there is but one. Y'all listen to me. You don't need no other preacher. Y'all listen to me. I'm the preacher. I'm the preacher. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. At some point in time, just let me take my time for a little while. After the apostles fell asleep, Paul prophesied about this. Peter prophesied about this in his writings in 2 Peter chapter 2. Jude prophesied about this in his one chapter. Grievous wolves entered into the church not sparing the flock people with ideas that were contrary to the knowledge that God had revealed to his holy apostles. And the first thing they attacked was the head. They broke the one God that we had read about from Genesis to Malachi. They broke him up into three gods. And they called those titles the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you what the devil was doing when he perpetrated this doctrine through learned men. What the devil had done was impersonalized God. He impersonalized him. All through the Old Testament, we read about the names of God, the names that God had revealed. Little by little, he was peeling back himself to give a revelation of himself. 
Elohim, Adonai, huh? Elyon, Jehovah, with compound names. Hmm? Every once in a while, we would read some of the Old Testament prophets asking, when, and they had an encounter with God, what is your name? You see, when you know someone's name, you can have a relationship with them. You can get close to them. You can come to know them. Praise the Lord. But if you're just focused on their titles, in most cases, you will never get to know them as a person. God has a name. And to the shock of Christendom, it's not G-O-D. So all these folks without the revelation, and not that we're the only ones, apostolic Pentecostals, they all know this. But all these folks out here playing, God bless me today. God help me today. Oh God, you don't sound just so wonderful. Yeah, I see apostolic folk getting caught up in this. I hear it. Huh? Oh God, you're so awesome. Oh God, come to me. And I'm saying, oh my Lord, these saints don't, they're not being taught. They have not received the revelation of who God is. Jesus is God. Jesus Christ is God. Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying never use the term G-O-D, but I'm saying you need to start consciously focusing, saints, on the fact that Jesus Christ is the Lord. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. He is our Deliverer. He is our Healer. Hmm? He is our Waymaker. He's our everything. And we know who God is. He is Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And so this doctrine of the Trinity made God very impersonal. It denies that God is one in person and not three distinct persons. And it diminishes the great power in the name of God, which is Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody who claims to really be born again, everybody who is born of the water and of the spirit needs to know this, needs to understand this. Jesus Christ is God. And the power of God is in the name of God. And that we ought to use the name of God more so than the titles of God. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ. Lord equates to Father. Jesus to God revealing himself in flesh, Son of God. Christ, the anointing or the anointed one. Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus says, 
In John 5, 43, turn over and take a look at it lest, lest you think I'm making this up. Jesus said, let me tell you folks something. This is when he was here. He said, I came in my father's name. <laughs> huh? We never hear him say anything about Jehovah, do we? He said, I came in my father's name. And the disciples, would, he, was, he was peeling it back so they could understand. I am come in my father's name, he said, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him will ye receive. And we know that many false prophets, since Jesus was here, huh, have arisen, have come into this world, and many people believe on them and refer to them using their name. How about that? Not their title. Can I give you some examples? Mohammed, prophet of Islam, remember because of his name. Praise the Lord. Nobody walks around talking about prophet of Islam, prophet of Islam, prophet of Islam. Everybody talks about Mohammed. That was the man's name. Mormon. Mormon. The name of a so-called prophet who supposedly was the descendant of a group of people from ancient Palestine who somehow moved to the Americas before Christ was even born. Hmm? They were part of a group of people somebody called the Nephites. All this mythology. But this prophet Mormon was the one who was credited for writing the Book of Mormon which counters scripture, amen, which is contrary to the revealed word of God in the Bible. And so we call them the Mormons. We call them by their name. If another comes in his own name. The Russellites. That's what they were called until 1931. And their name was changed to the Jehovah Witnesses. 1870, Charles Russell founded what we now call the Jehovah Witnesses. And we call them by their name and we call them Russellites. If another come in his own name, you receive him. But even the church is in the dark about the name of God. Hallelujah. I'm challenging you to grab a hold of this, saints. Because God wants to do something mighty. Hallelujah. And so we need to thank God for the revelation of his name and get used to saying Jesus. And get used to saying Lord Jesus. That's why we baptize in his name. We do not baptize, not here. No apostolic church, that's apostolic Pentecostal, not just Pentecostal, but apostolic Pentecostal, baptizes in the phrase Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because any educated person or somebody with a little bit of understanding of grammar can read Matthew 28, 19 and see that the Bible clearly says that Jesus said to his disciples, go ye into everywhere, the whole world. Preaching what? 
the gospel, the good news, huh, to everybody, baptizing them in the name. He didn't say names. He didn't say names. Open your Bible if you don't believe me, if you think I'm making this up. He didn't say names. He said name. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So if you don't just swallow everything somebody says to you and you think while you're listening and while you're reading, the natural logical question to ask when you read a portion of Matthew 28, 19 is, what is the name? He said the name of the Father. So the question becomes, what is the name of the Father? The name of the Son. So the question becomes, what is the name of the Son? The name of the Holy Ghost. So the question becomes, what is the name of the Holy Ghost? You have told me something about God but you have not yet told me his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Y'all just ride with me for a few minutes. I'm a father. I have three great children. I want to be like them when I grow up. I'm a son. My parents love me. I'm a husband to my wife. You can ask her whether I'm worth anything or not. I'll tell you some things about me. I'm a pastor. I'm an overseer over several churches. I used to work in business before I started pastoring full time. I used to play football as a kid. I used to deliver newspapers as a kid. I told you a number of things about various roles in my life, but if you didn't know my name, you still don't know my name. And a lot of people know a lot of things about God, but they don't know his name. Woo! The name is not God. The name is not Son or Son of God. The name is not Holy Ghost. The name is Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Glory to God. And I'm here to tell you there's power in that name. The Bible says whatsoever you do. Whatever you do. In word or deed, do it all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says do it all in the name of Jesus. Baptism is a deed. You need to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not in the titles of God, not in things about God, but in the name of God. Again, Jesus said, I came in my Father's name. That's the only name he ever revealed to us. Hmm? Look at John gospel. Somebody said, Bishop, when are you going to preach? I'm preaching now. You look in John 14, 26. Get your Bible. Don't listen to the person next to you. Get your Bible. Listen to me and what I'm saying. Look in the scripture and see what the Bible's saying. John 14, 26, 
Jesus is speaking here. He says, but the comforter. Now, this is Jesus in flesh. You see, because when Jesus came into this world, he came as a human being. I'll put it this way. When God Almighty came into this world, let me be as accurate as possible. He came into the world as a human being. Hallelujah. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 96. Keep your finger there. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Huh? And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. I didn't make that up. It's in your Bible. The Everlasting Father. This, don't we're talking about this person manifested in flesh. And the prince of peace. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. John writes, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. This is Jesus talking now. Jesus, the man. Because Jesus was both human and divine. He was fully a human being. And he was fully God at the same time. Who could do this but God? I can't do that. You can't do that. No one you know can do that. Only God can do things we can't do. That's why he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He can do what we can't even imagine. Hmm? Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send. Y'all got your Bibles open? Under what authority? He said, in my name. You think Jesus knew what his name was? He said, he's going to send a comforter. He, and he made, in case you didn't know who the comforter was, he said, just the Holy Ghost. The comforter's coming in my name. The Father is going to send the comforter in my name. That's why we say when you want the Holy Ghost, you've got to call on the name of Jesus. For whosoever, Paul said, Romans shall call on the name of the Lord. Huh? And he wasn't talking about Jehovah. Hmm? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The name is Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hmm? He shall teach you all things. That's why you don't need anybody else to teach you but the word of God and his anointed servant. And he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Turn to the 15th chapter, verse 26. This is still Jesus talking. But when the comforter, and we learned of chapter 14, that's the Holy Ghost, right? When the comforter is come, now, if, and, yeah. <laughs> See, this is why you fool around with these folks that just love music and jump around and, you know, they don't know, know nothing. They don't know no word. All kind of garbage going on in the church. You got liars in there. You got fornicators. You got folk living in adultery. You got kids having sex outside of marriage. Come on now. You got folks selling drugs sometime in the church. 
Hmm? You got hypocrites sitting up there big as day. Huh? Because they don't know the word. And they really don't have the spirit. Glory to Jesus. And you come into a place like this, and you're wondering why so many young folk are up on their feet and giving God the praise. Because they're taught the word of God. And they've had a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And now they are saved from their sin. They know what they were, and they know what they are, and they know why. Because I'm not going to fool with you. If you're going to be in the club one night and you think you're coming in here, I don't care what you do. I don't need it. Amen. From the pulpit to the door. Oh, yeah. I don't need no club hoppers, no liars, fornicators, and adulterers. The choir sang earlier, holiness. <laughs> God said, be ye holy. For I am holy. And if we're a child of God, we ought to be holy. How about that? Anything other than holy isn't of God. It's profane. Praise the Lord. All right. 1526. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father. Now, in chapter 14, he said the Father was going to send it. Woo! See, I feel like dancing now. I don't need Deacon Seymour. I don't need Brother Bailey. I don't need the Brother Daniel. I don't need Sister Kim. I don't even need myself. But the word makes my feet get light. Huh? Chapter 14, he said, the Father is going to send the Holy Ghost. Chapter 15, he said, I'm going to send it to you from the Father. Well, you need to turn to John 10 and 30 because he said, I and my Father are one. <laughs> Hallelujah! We're the same. We're one and the same. I was God in creation. I'm the Son in redemption. I'm the Holy Ghost in the church today. And my name is Lord Jesus Christ. There ain't no three me's. There's only one me. There ain't no three gods. There's only one God. Did I finish that? Let me finish that. He said, whom I will send unto you from the Father. He called it the spirit of truth. The Holy Ghost is, why you got so many folk that claim they got the Holy Ghost? They're liars, habitual liars, because they don't have the spirit of truth. Why you find them resisting what I'm talking about? Because they don't have the spirit of truth. That's what the Holy Ghost is. The spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he said he's going to talk about me. <laughs> Why are y'all just talking about God, this, God, that, God, the other? The Holy Ghost will cause you to testify about Jesus. Huh? Everybody doesn't sing when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Most Christians don't sing Jesus songs. Most of these new songs being developed now, that's why I'm trying to shake you all out of some of this stuff. Because theology is important. That's one reason why God let me live this long and maybe a little longer. Because the, the apostolic theology is important. We are apostolic. 
We are not just Pentecostal. We are not Trinitarians. We are not Evangelicals. We are not fundamentalists. We are apostolic. We believe in one God who has one name. Hey, hallelujah, who revealed himself. Little by little over time till we got to today. Somebody said, I'm glad I found out. 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 Y'all can start singing this one. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. All wrapped up in one. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yay, the Bible said there's one God and his name one. The Bible said in his name, the Gentiles, aren't you a Gentile? The Gentiles trust in his name. How many of you have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? How many of you called on his name until he filled you with the Holy Ghost? And you got it the way the apostles got it because you spoke with other tongues. If you haven't spoken with other tongues, you don't have this Holy Ghost yet. Not according to the Bible. This ain't got nothing to do with a little black book because I don't have a little black book. I got my Bible. Some covers are black. Some covers are burgundy. Some covers are brown. Huh? But I don't care what color the cover is. It's what's in between the covers. <laughs> Hallelujah. And every Bible I got, it said the same thing. They can't mess this up because you can't do anything against the truth but for the truth. Hmm? Praise the Lord. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. I'm in John 1 and 1 now. And the Word was God. In the Greek it says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and God was the Word. The same was in the beginning with God. Huh? Jesus Christ, according to the 14th verse of John chapter 1, the Bible says, huh? And the word became flesh. This word, hallelujah. This word that was God became flesh. Flesh. Son of God, flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. I'm looking for the glory of God to break out in here in fashions that we have yet to see. And we've seen quite a bit over the years. But I'm looking for the glory of God to break out in ways that some of you have never seen. And the key is the name. Using the name. Using the name. Using the name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we beheld his glory. The glory, is that what the Bible says? As of the only begotten of the Father. Somebody said, well, you, I'm still confused. Huh? Well, you, you must be like uh, um, Philip. In chapter 14, Philip said, you've been, I'm just paraphrasing. He said, you, you, you've been talking about this Father for the last three years. 
<laughs> See, because when you get in the book of John, John reveals Jesus Christ as God, unlike Matthew, unlike Mark, and unlike Luke, unlike the synoptic gospel. He revealed Jesus Christ as the God of power. Huh? No Hebrew perspective like Matthew. Huh? No uh, Roman perspective. No just everyday man perspective like Mark and Luke presented. John said, well, that's good for y'all. The Holy Ghost wants y'all to write that way. That's fine. But let me pick up my pen because I'm going to write about him as God. Yeah. And the other brethren didn't get upset. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Because the Holy Ghost is the true author, not the man. The Holy Ghost is the true author. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so Philip said, you've been, you've been talking about this father for three years since we've been, show us the father. I'm confused. Show us the father and I will be satisfied. Uh, it sufficeth me. Jesus said to Philip, have I been so long time with you and you don't know me, Philip? <laughs> and some of y'all been with him a long time and you're too busy listening to these evangelicals and reading their books and singing their song you forgot who you were I'm trying to break that old stuff from the pulpit to the door I want to hear about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Lord Jesus Christ God accurately but most of the time we talk about him we use his name I want to hear testimonies about his name and what he's doing. Praise the Lord. Have I been so long time with you, Philip, and you don't know me? He that hath seen me. Y'all need to turn over there. Y'all don't believe me. This is Bible. Y'all don't believe me. This is Bible. He that hath seen me. <laughs> have seen the Father. And what you talking about? Show us the Father. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Hmm? Well, I'm in the middle of all this now. I didn't come out here to say all this, but Holy Ghost, keep talking. <laughs> Hallelujah. How are you saying, show us the Father? Later on, he said, I am my Father, I one. Praise the Lord. We're one and the same. I'm just revealing myself to you in different ways to save you from your sin. And she shall bring forth a son, Matthew said, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. Somebody said, well, why are we calling Jesus the son? Because if you read your Bible, you would find that Joseph didn't get Mary pregnant. The angel spoke to Joseph and said, don't be afraid to take unto you. I know you were planning on putting her away because you think, my God, this woman got involved with another person and I'm about to marry her? No, no, no. She's a nice lady, come from a nice family. I'm not going to make a big spectacle of it, but I'm going to divorce her privately. So the angel got involved. 
when he went to sleep that night. And God, sometimes the Lord will speak to you in your sleep. And the angel came to Joseph and said, I know what you're thinking. At least God told me what you're thinking. Because I'm just an angel. I'm a messenger. God told me what you were thinking. Don't be afraid to take Mary. Hmm? For your wife. Continue with the betrothal. Go ahead and get married. He said, because there's something holy in her. That which is conceived in her, he said, is of the Holy Ghost. Y'all still with me? Hallelujah. All right. You still with me? So either the Father is the Father of the Son and the Holy Ghost is the Father of the Son. You know that ain't possible. It ain't possible for two men to be the father of one child. Two men can't be the father of one child. Only one sperm fertilizes the egg. Huh? Y'all with me? This is Bible. Is it Bible? Well, if it's Bible, it's right. It ain't tradition, but it's Bible. Hmm? See, the Bible said the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. So so that must make God the Father and the Holy Ghost the same. Because we call him Father because he's the Father of the Son. But we ain't read nowhere nothing about the Father and Mary. All we say or read about is the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. Come on now, this is not this logic is not too deep. So if the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and Jesus is calling God Father, that is flesh is calling God Father, it's because the Holy Ghost is the Father. (laughs) See, brother, that's why when I get on my knees, I don't have to say, Father God, in Jesus' name. I don't have to pray no old Baptist prayers. Oh, Father, oh, Father, Father, oh, Father, bless me, Father. I'm not making fun of nobody. I'm just trying to open your eyes. I ain't got to pray no father prayers. Y'all ain't never heard me pray nothing about no father. Y'all been in this church, some of you been in here a long time. Some of you been here listening to me since before I became a pastor. You ain't never heard me call on the father for nothing. Hey! Because I got the son. And the Bible says, whosoever hath the son, hath the father also. (laughs) I don't need to call on the father. Huh? Because the Bible makes it plain to me. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That ye in him. That's talking about Jesus now. In Jesus dwells the fullness, everything about God, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Everything is subject to Jesus. Is that Bible? 
you know, if it was a Wednesday night, I'd have you turn to all these scriptures. I'm just quoting them now. But you can rest assured I ain't lying. I ain't lying. This is in the Bible. And I'm not just preaching something I heard coming up. God revealed this to me in the scripture. That's why I talk about it so boldly. Because I know what I'm talking about because God has revealed it to me and in me through the word. Hallelujah. That's why I don't mind looking you in the eye because I'm telling the truth. And Jesus said in John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth can make you... Ain't nobody ever got freed from the Father. Or the Holy Ghost. Huh? I remember a stubborn woman that lived not too far from here. I could almost walk to her house from here. Many years ago, she came to the church, a Baptist. All right, so I guess she was doing all she knew. But God brought her into a knowledge of the truth. I'm telling her to call Jesus, call Jesus. She told my father, father, father. Oh, hardhead woman, she still ain't got the Holy Ghost. She'll lie and say she got it. But ain't nobody ever got the Holy Ghost saying father, father, father. And nobody ever got the Holy Ghost saying Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. There's only one name. Acts 4.12. Given under heaven. Are we under heaven? We might be sitting in heavenly places, but we, right now, physically, we're under heaven. There's only one name given under heaven whereby you must be saved. Now, that's Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Hallelujah. And that name is Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody lift their hands and say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody praise the Lord and shout hallelujah. Give me five more minutes. Peter and John understood this. Hmm? They didn't have any foolish Trinitarian notions in their head. That was still a couple hundred years or so to come. All they ever saw, all they ever heard, all that was ever revealed to them, especially after that 40 days when he got up from the grave and he began to just teach them and pour himself into them. They knew who he was. He was the promised Messiah. The prophets had been prophesying about since the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 15. And they went to the temple that day because a lot of saints are poor for the right reasons. Hallelujah. And they knew that man was going to be there because he was always there. The Bible says he was brought to the temple daily. Hmm? Hallelujah. And they didn't dodge him and say, we're going into the gate. Hallelujah. We're going to dodge the gate beautiful. We're going in the hallelujah gate. You know, we don't want to give nothing to nobody. But they kept on coming to the gate beautiful. And the man was sitting there just as shriveled up as he always was. And he might have been saying, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. And he looked right at them. And Peter said, I ain't got nothing. John said, me neither. <laughs> and Peter said, wait a minute. 
let's not just pass this man by and go to prayer. These were praying men. These were believing men. They said, silver and gold we don't have, Peter said. But such as I have, I got something better than silver. I've got something better than gold. You got something that doctors can't do nothing with. You got something medical science can't touch. Hallelujah. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And they were looking each other right in the eye. And Peter was talking big talk and he was talking bold talk. Praise the Lord. And he didn't care about where the man was, amen, emotionally or spiritually or faith-wise. The Bible said he grabbed the man by his right hand and they lifted him up. This man ain't never stood up in his own life unless daddy bounced him on his knee. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that when he stood, because he used the name. <laughs> because he said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because he understood that he had the power of eternity. Because he understood that he was to act in Christ's stead. Hallelujah. Jesus would want this man to be healed. Hallelujah. Jesus would want this man to be delivered. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. He grabbed him by the hand. He lifted him up. And the Bible says immediately. Mm, he didn't get up. Immediately. His ankle bones received strength. Hallelujah. And he began to walk. And he began to leap. And he began to run. Hallelujah. No physical therapy. No therapist. Nobody needed to massage his legs. Come on now. Come on now. Amen. He didn't need no Bengay. Mm, praise God. Amen. He didn't need a, 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 a hot water bottle on his legs. Praise God. Immediately, his ankle bones received strength. Praise God. Amen. He got up. Hallelujah. And he went to church. And he didn't go to church like some of you dragging. Like you don't want to be here. Praise God. Fooling around. Amen. He wanted to go to church. He couldn't get into church. But now that he had strength. Amen. He could fulfill his heart's desire. The Bible said he came into church leaping and running in the church and praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Has the Lord ever done anything for you? The psalmist said the Lord has done great things for us whereof we are glad. Woo! Leaping, jumping, running, praising the Lord. Hallelujah. And it was supposed to be a prayer meeting. If you go to most of these churches that don't know what I'm talking about today, a prayer meeting is a cold, dry, dead place. You can't hear nobody saying nothing. Everybody got their mouth closed and their mind is wandering. But if you come in a Holy Ghost church, you're liable to hear somebody praying out loud. You're liable to hear somebody shouting glory. You're liable to hear somebody shout hallelujah. You're liable to hear
hear somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You're liable to see somebody quickening under the power of God. Somebody stand up and they just got to move around in prayer. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Ghost is life-giving power. Life-giving power. Hallelujah. And I dare anybody to call on the name of Jesus sincerely. Hmm? I dare you. I dare you. I don't care what you have. That is in terms of a problem. Hallelujah. 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 There is power in that name. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? They don't sing this song in the evangelical church. Ain't no harm done calling on Jesus. Ain't no harm done calling on the Lord. They don't sing that in no evangelical church. They don't understand this. By now, I'd have been out the door preaching on the sidewalk. Most of these churches in this area, I'd have been outside preaching on the sidewalk. But I'd still be preaching. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Because it's right. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Huh? My God, my God. I got to wrap this up now. Ain't no sense in me just... Dragging this out. We could run. We could jump. We could walk on benches, but let's just soak in. I'll tell you one thing, though. The way the apostles obeyed Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, the way they obeyed it is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. See, Matthew 28, 19 and 20 was a command. Huh? It was a command that Jesus gave. It was a commission. We have grown to call it the great commission. Go into all the world, right? That was the commission, the great commission. You don't obey a command by repeating it. You obey a command by doing it. A lot of folk have let these old philosophers and ancient guys have been dead. They started this foolishness in the second and third century, ratified it in 425, I'm sorry, 325 AD in Nicaea. Huh? Praise the Lord. And again in, the, in uh, 460 in Chalcedon, they ratified this foolishness of trying to make God three people. Huh? But that's not what the apostles believed nor what they practiced. So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter 2, and they were all in one house, one place with one accord. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. When they looked and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire that sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. They got it now. They got it now. They got the revealer. Hmm? They got to reveal it because you, no man can say Jesus is Lord, Paul said, but by the Holy Ghost. This is why these other preachers can't preach it because they ain't got the Holy Ghost. Take the Holy Ghost to reveal this to you. Huh? But now that they had it, 
By the time you get from verse 4 down to verse 38, verse 37, after Peter got through preaching, and the folks said, men and brethren, what shall we do? The words popped out of Peter's mouth just like they popped out of Peter's mouth in Matthew 16 when God said, Jesus said to him, who, who say, huh? Who you say that I the son of man am? And they said this, that, and the other. And finally, Peter's mouth popped open by divine revelation said, Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my father, which is him. See, he was still speaking as a, as a natural man. Praise the Lord, because that's all they could deal with at that time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But the Bible makes it very clear to us when the question was asked in verse 37 that the way they carried out what Jesus said in Matthew 28 19 is Peter said, repent. That's a whole nother message. You know I love preaching on that one. Because ain't nobody preaching on repentance now. These folk are in the church living like the devil and calling themselves Christians. Huh? He said the first thing you got to do is repent. Repent from what? Repent from sin. He shall save his people from their sins. You got folk in the so-called church today full of sin. And you're supposed to repent from your sin. Huh? Amen. Amen. Hypocrites are just standing in the door preventing people that want to come in and have a change of life. Because they see so much hypocrisy. Huh? Folk in the club one night with them and the next morning in the choir. I don't care that they both begin with, see, you ain't nothing but a hypocrite and devil. You need to get it right. Amen. Come on now. Hallelujah. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name Jesus Christ. He didn't say nothing about no father, no son, and no Holy Ghost that day, did he? And you know what? Matthew was there. Matthew says, Peter, 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 wait, wait. Jesus didn't say that. Huh? James was there. He didn't say boo. Bartholomew was there. He didn't peep. Even Philip was there to show me the Father, brother. Even Doubting Thomas was there. Ain't nobody said nothing because they knew Peter was telling the truth. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The only thing the apostles could have said, the others, was amen. Come on and stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Hallelujah. Come on and stand with me. Has the Lord ever done anything good for you? Has he ever exceeded your expectations? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Huh? To him be what? Where? In the church by Jesus Christ. Throughout all ages, world without end. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He asked for alms. He got legs. Somebody said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all 
he's done for me. Oh yes, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Oh, I thank God for saying. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name Jesus, that mighty name Jesus, demons will have to flee. Oh, somebody tell me who will stand when we that his name is Jesus. Come on and sing it. Yeah. There is no other name under heaven, yes, whereby men must be saved. Jesus is the name, Jesus is the name, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the name. For there is no other name. Whereby men must be saved. Yes, Jesus. Oh, Jesus is the name. Yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the name. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I may thank God for the revelation of the name of Jesus. Maybe somebody today.